You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 349th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. So you guys... Did you guys have any yummy meals this weekend? Did you did you eat anything up? Yum 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 yum. I ate a fair portion of beef. Spencer, did you eat any beef? I feel like beef's been on the menu lately. I am vegetarian, but I've been having a lot yeah. of beef lately. <laughs> I thought crit beef was over, but it continues. Um, mostly because of what happened at USA Crit Nationals in the lovely town of Knoxville, Tennessee. Where the finish line, I do not believe, was underneath the sun sphere, but that's a whole other podcast of yeah, discussion. Huge, huge mistake. Huge mistake. Uh, fan favorite Luke Lamperity of Trinity Racing takes the win over fan favorite Samuel Bassetti of Elevate Webplex Pro Cycling and Eric Young of Elevate, yeah. Elevate Webplex Pro Cycling. I feel like that guy's um, been a meme lately. Yeah. I can't really yeah. place it. That's a, the old classic one, two, three finish that we all expected. Uh-huh. Now, Tim, you're throwing a lot of shade at these guys uh, just because they're not uh, household names. Uh, I'm not throwing a lot of shade, but I will say that I couldn't watch a lot of the race because the Flow Bikes coverage. Okay, you know what? Back up the truck. I'm going to just <laughs> dump a lot on Flow Bikes. Okay. okay. Um, do that. I am happy I don't spend the $150 annually for my Flow Bike subscription because even for the U.S. Crit Nationals coverage, which Flow Bikes had, they didn't have a fixed camera at the penultimate turn of the race course. Where, so, where everything happens. Where everything happened, okay. including a crash where Corey Williams mm-hmm. crashed out, who was sitting prime third wheel. Travis McCade sitting, I believe, fourth or fifth wheel because I had a Zapruder film for hours uh-huh. during the work uh, during Friday and Saturday to see what actually happened in the crash. Uh-huh. It's embarrassing. The, the coverage of USA Crits and Tulsa Tough was fantastic, except for the whole Friday night debacle. But if Criterium Racing, Criterium Racing, sorry, mm-hmm. is going to be USA owned and operated, and this is the focus of USA Cycling's like, ethos, mm-hmm. which it should be, can we please get some coverage? Because this was embarrassing. That coverage was garbage, and you couldn't see the final turn? It's like, it's... It's ridiculous. I want to know what happened in the crash, and you'll never know. No one really knows. No one will ever know. Oh, the, no! I mean, the cell phone footage is coming out. It is. It is starting to trickle out into the the internets, and uh, we're getting a few different angles of this crash now. And uh, still, hard to tell exactly what happened. Um, but uh, yeah, a little war of words firing up there on the uh, on the social medias afterwards. Oh. And that's why Crit Brief is still here because um, yeah. a variety of athletes going back and forth. I will mm-hmm. say that the there's been the uh, in- I just want to interrupt quick to say there's been a variety of 
major quote unquote major uh, cycling media <laughs> outlets declaring the beef over um, weeks ago, and uh, obviously not the case. Um, Criterium Nation no. over at Wide Angle Podium uh, has been on top of it from the get go, created it, <laughs> literally created it, and has been covering it ever since. So I think they are the one and only people to decide when the beef is actually done. Yeah. And so I watched the race. The win, congratulations to Luke Limperity, and this is in the men's race. Mm-hmm. Um, congratulations. A lot of people didn't know who he was. He was at prom, I think, a couple of months ago. <laughs> it was great to see him win the, uh, the, the, the Stars and Stripes, if you will. Um, Corey Williams, I think, took it exceptionally well. He looked, he came off looking like, you know what? He felt he was in prime position. I looked, it looked like he was in prime position. Mm-hmm. He probably would. There's a good chance he would have won. That would be great to see Corey Williams take the uh, stars and stripes. Travis McCabe did yeoman's work to try to bunny hop a fallen um, Corey Williams mm-hmm. and almost pulled it off. Didn't fully, but yeah. it like national national champion caliber bike handling skills from Travis McCabe. Uh-huh. Great to see that the crit beef actually, when it comes down to it, that they do try to look after each other, you know, like it was a, a very valiant effort to, and then Travis McCabe totally gets creamed in the back with a crash. Yeah. Um, overall, the worst part about it is that it was classic bike racing and the coverage was fairly garbage. What, um, What's interesting to me is that we were all, you know, like Tulsa Tough, we were all waiting for the crit beef. And we were all like, this was the first time everybody's going to be in the same place at the same time. And as we know, Legion dominated top to bottom um, that weekend. But then you got a bunch of people being like, well, Nationals is actually the big deal. Like, that's what the beef started about, the National Jersey. You know, this is where... This is where it comes down to brass tacks. And at the end of the day, neither one of them finished. Neither one of them can say they did better than the other. Everybody was there with one corner to go. The crit beef is not settled. Oh, no, it's not. And I guess now Boise is next, unless there's something at Tour of America's Dairyland. So on the men's side of things, it was fun bike racing. It sucked that a crash took out. Yeah. Um, everybody and no one really got to see the crash. So, you know, I will pile it on to flow sports. I'm very disappointed in their coverage, especially when they're charging an exorbitant amount of money to folks to watch. And at the end of the day, I will happily pay money for quality coverage. And I'm not seeing that from flow sports right now. Um, Uh, Do you guys think that if like some Europeans had to come over and film an American football game, They'd have like one camera on the side of the ro- the field, and they'd like run it back and forth. Like, you think that's the level of confusion? They just don't. We just we as Americans, we don't understand the sport well enough to just even know where to put but the cameras. You that's know what I, mean? I would get that if this was a road race, but this is a crit. It's basically NASCAR. We there's nothing Americans understand better than going around in a circle right. as fast as you can for a certain amount of time. You know, the crit. Yeah, it's true. I mean, watching the the hey. Nats road race, it was a little. It's a little better, but it, it does feel... I'm so used to European coverage. It's, that it's so just, cable access. It's just yeah, not it is. at the level that if you want to elevate... But yeah. we, we're used to Sporza, right? The, those are the big dogs. They, well, they no, no, no. no. So I think Tim's point earlier was spot on, is that USA Crits 
is doing they're it. They're doing it. Like, like they're doing it. They're moving Criterion Racing in the USA in the right direction. They're professionalizing it. They're trying to organize it into teams that you can cheer for and Legion kind of being the the A plus example of this, right? Like yeah. this yeah. um thing that you can get behind like as a supporter of a team, you know, like rather than whatever, you know, whatever we've had for the last however long bike racing has happened. Um but this was a USA cycling production and it was it was I know it's national so they like have to run it or whatever they want to, but yeah, it's kind of a disaster as far as production, TV production goes, which is contract everything. out. Con- Athens, Georgia, not that far away from uh, uh, where Athens, Georgia is where USA Crits is based, not that far away from Knoxville. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you watch Tulsa Tough, they have the drone, they have good, they understand the course. Mm-hmm. This six lane wide Knoxville course, it looked like garbage. I I was just disappointed all the way across but again congratulations to luke lamparity little guy on the women's side of the race on crit nats um how did it end up i believe legion took the win on the women's side which is great for the uh most dominant team in usa cycling right now yeah kendall ryan of legion took the win uh two seconds over uh megan jastreb which i'll mess up her name and Corey or corin riviere of dsm uh coming in right behind and with uh you know, everybody else right there, basically. So, so on the women's race that I watched again, I think that the, the racing is top notch. These are the nation nationals, best athletes at riot racing bikes. Mm-hmm. Great to see Corinne Rivera out there going to the Olympics, um, here in short order. It, I think the course was a little bit of a disservice, um, to the smaller fields, because of just the wide length of the road, like everything was just too wide and it was just a little, yeah, not, not as exciting yeah. as you get at some of these, like, you know, like an Athens twilight or like if you're gonna do crit nets, let's do four corner crit, make it race and turn left every time. Uh, I like that. it will be more than four corners, but I, I know what you're saying. I, I think Tulsa is a pretty good example of what crit racing should be in 2021. Um, but yeah, the women's race, um, played out totally different than the men's race, which was great to see because I think everybody was looking at Legion and they were looking specifically at Skylar Schneider, um, who should probably win that race. Um, and so instead Kendall Ryan, her teammate takes off a couple corners before, uh, the finish and nobody knew if they should react or not because Skylar was still there. So Kendall Ryan walks away with a, a small gap for the win, which is, uh, pretty good way to take it and uh, started legions weekend off well before Corey was um ended up on the pavement yeah and now on the i i hate that there's no way to segue off of Corey williams um being on the the pavement on that side but then also on the women's side legion winning is i guess the caveat but let's go into the discussion on road worlds is that good okay. Sure. Or sorry, road road nationals. Yeah, in Knoxville. Okay, yeah, um, that makes more sense. And I, yeah. <laughs> Again, the um, on the men's side, we'll start with Joey Roscoff takes it for rally professional cycling. Uh, oh. Great to see, mostly because um, it's nice to see that uh, rally takes the uh, the cake <laughs> versus Legion to remind them who's the winners. Little known rider Joey Roscoff. Um, According to Tim Hayes last year on this podcast. 
Yeah. I was trying to skip over that. Jesus, Spencer, <laughs> help me out here. No, I can't let that go. Um, no, Ratley did a great job. They, uh, they were first and third, I think, on the day um, yeah. for the domestic team, you know, um, fighting with the EFs of the world and the um, notably uh, uh, Michael Matthews' teammate, um, Brent, Brent Bookwalter up there from Bike Exchange, Orika Green Edge. Um, Whatever. So retire Brent Bookwalter yeah. as well. He announced that this week. Not, not to let TJ steal steal the limelight. Uh, guys, it was a great race, but I just if TJ doesn't win, I mean, really, what did the point? it happen? Right. Yeah. It's, uh, there was a brief was, moment where he tried to go in the move, and uh, so it was possible for a second there. I mean, how glorious would that have been? That's the way to go out. It was, I I was personally pulling for Gage Hecht. Mostly uh, the whole cyclocross background. Pretty yeah. cool to see. Yeah. Mm. History riding a moots. Uh, he does get a top 10 <laughs> with a ninth place a finish for Avello. But um, no, overall, I did, it was Father's Day. I didn't watch a bunch of this race. I did. I was getting live updates mm-hmm. Okay. As, as the results came through. Sounds like it was a classic USA uh, road Nats. Great yeah. race that everyone wishes was more, there was more coverage on. <laughs> And it ended up coming down to a, a pretty sweet uh, win for for uh, Rally Cycling and uh, Joey Roscoff. So yeah. it's going to be pretty cool to see the U.S. National Championship jersey racing in Europe um, yeah. next year. Pretty stoked on that. Uh, congratulations. And then on the women's side, Lauren Stevens of Team Tibco mm-hmm. took the win by over a minute over Corinne Rivera. Um, mm-hmm. So congratulations, is, to Lauren Stevens. How many uh, has Stevens won? Like 150? I feel like every year she went, I mean. I don't know how many she's won, but I am a little, uh, you know, uh, world famous unbound gravel winner, uh, Lauren DeCrenzo, uh, also um, coached by Tom Danielson, takes a solid, <laughs> so- solid eighth place finish. Um, some would say coming out of nowhere, but uh, mm. not me because she won mm. unbound. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. Uh, Tim got a lot of time to complain earlier, so I'm going to take one little moment to complain about USA Cycling here. Okay. Which Love is it. that they, on Flowbook Bikes coverage, and I'm assuming this is USA Cycling, they had the race distance in miles. So I turned it on, and it said there's 97 miles to go. Okay. And I couldn't compute for a bike race. <laughs> now, if you told me we're going to go drive somewhere, it's 97 miles, I can think in my head, okay, about how long that will take. Okay. Vanigan or not, right? You know, you factor, you, there's a little equation to do if you're taking a Vanigan. Uh, so I turned this on and I had some other things to do. In my mind, 97 miles, I don't know when to come back and check the coverage again. I don't know when yeah. I need to go look. If yeah. it had said yeah. 40K, I know like I can go do two loads of laundry. I can take upstairs. I can do one or two things. I got to go check what's happening. You know, uh, you uh. put it in miles, I'm completely lost. Classic problem. Classic problem, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's that's rough. I really feel bad for you, Louis. No, it's tough. Um, I mean it's 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 first it's first world problems and it's only this so this country fully, first world problems because we're the only ones that use miles for anything. Uh, I don't America. know if that's true. Well, pretty I'm much. I'm pretty sure Bangladesh is still on the old uh UK standard. But yes. little guy, I think I think it's a solid uh shout. But USA pro nationals are over. I'm pretty sure next is amateur nationals, which is at a army base in Northern Florida. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to go. 
um, to see who's going to win the amateurs there. Um, I did see on Instagram (laughs) that Justin Williams did win the Belize National Road Championship title. Um, So congratulations to Justin Williams. So pretty cool to see the Belize National Championship jersey racing in the U.S. next year or this coming year. Um, So, yeah, overall, the national championships also happening worldwide. So that naturally um, deserves major shouts across the board. So, little guy, anything stick out besides Wout Van Aert winning the national championships uh, for Belgium? Uh, not a lot of huge surprises. You know, uh, Vanderpool dropped out of the of the Dutch race. So, you know, that's a little little Tim Rusen one, Timo Rusen one. So uh, keeps it in the Jumbo Visma camp. But no, I don't know. Nothing amazing. Sagan won for the nine nine hundredth year. He's he alternates between winning and it. yeah, letting yeah. his brother win. Yeah. I was gonna say it's like he obviously needs some wins to pad out the contract, so he just went out there and rode away from everybody. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, he hates the the team kit, so he's got to get <laughs> something. Um, are we? Uh, how weird is it going to be to see a Dutch national champion that's not Vanderpool? Um, and is he going to wear white shorts? Ooh, it's a good question. <laughs> and is he ra- is he racing the tour? That that will really. It oh, in. he is not making the jumbo team for the tour. No, I'm sorry. Not. I mean, we'll talk about the tour in a well, little bit, but I'm yeah, pretty sure been Timo Russo. No. It's going to mess with me exactly. if if yeah, I'm gonna, it's going to take a long time. Tour. He's doing uh, tour in Norway and Bink Bank. That's what's on his calendar. I'm so. I'm more interested, little guy. How do you feel about the um, the French national championship uh, title not going to uh, FDJ or Kofidis, but rather um, Quick Step yeah, with like Remy Cavana? Um. Well, I'm not really surprised. Cavani's been crushing it this year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yes, it is sad to not have a French team have it where they can give it its full honor. It will get a little hidden with the uh, NASCAR-ness of the DQ. All the sponsors and everything. Jersey. Yeah. Um, I think the, the problem, there won't be any problem for Vanderpool at the tour because he will be switching to a full yellow outfit uh, <laughs> for a large portion of that first week. Really? And, um, yeah, so. Um, Interesting. I, I think if he takes yellow, he's going full shorts. Like, so he's going I, all. In. If we are, oh, he's a hundred percent going full shorts. But I, yeah. I feel like he's more of a, he's gonna have more of a green color scheme to him. Whereas, uh, so whereas Wild will probably if, have the. Do yellow. you think if he ha- has both of them at the same time, which is a very big possibility, he goes like green shorts, yellow jersey, or something? Hundred percent. Just takes 100%. it takes the fine. You know, like the oh, they, yeah. the UCI finds him, but he's like, I don't care. Yeah. Sure. No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, hundred yeah. um, percent. Right. One other national there. champion we should probably quickly shout out is a good friend of the pod, Tom Skeuns. Oh yeah, yeah. Was, one sure. he won the ITT and the road race. Yeah, doubled up. Nice. Um, hey, Tom's, go white shorts. White shorts. Oh yeah, white shorts, white shorts. Tom. This is um, this is the Slow Ride uh, Podcast official <laughs> challenge to Tom Skeuns <laughs> to wear white shorts. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, and. Vanderpool did it. It's cool now. <laughs> okay. You can do it too. Yeah. All right. I let's let's get into this Tom Skewed's dominating win. Okay. All right. All right. All right, Tom's. Eleven people finished according to Pro Cycling stats. Um tenth place was twenty minutes back. Okay. Um crushing them. Tom won's Tom's won by two minutes forty seconds over on this 
Flaxus, who looks like was a racer for um, Holec, uh, Holo Wesco Citadel Racing here in the U.S., so Hincapi, like a, a Hincapi rider. Mm-hmm. So solid um, second-place finish. Uh, what what strikes me is only 20 people started the race. So, little guy, I know that... Um, okay. yes. Do you... Th- would you have finished the race... Would would I, Tom's? I mean, Tom's would have murdered you. Tom's would have beaten you by like an hour. You would have I'm sure. Me. But would you have finished or would you, do you think you would have gotten pulled? Uh, no, I'd get pulled for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I had some solid tests in my form this weekend out on some rides. And uh, <laughs> trust me, I would have gotten yeah. pulled. I, this is, this is impressive. I mean, so we know that the riders with, against Tom's are legitimate domestic pros. And then he still put two and a half minutes into the winner. So yeah, congratulations there's, to Tom's. There's, it's uh, a great looking national championship kit, especially with the white shorts. There's yeah, no, there's tour riders and, and exactly. Riders oh yeah, there's there's startup nation not. guys. There's Trek Segafredo guys in this field. Um, it's not like it's a uh, nobody there, Tim. But I was most surprised by the uh, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not saying no one's there. You I'm just quote I'm Tim out. Hayes two minutes ago. No <laughs> one was there. Um, Did I say no one? I I didn't mean it that way. I meant it like wow he destroyed them all oh, you friend s- of the pod said he may as well have not even started it wasn't a point <laughs> that's pretty much what you said i mean no, you insinuated um, that i would have finished <laughs> yeah that's that's I an mean, insult and that's, that's no, an insult to the entire country tom's of wouldn't get me I, pulled i i i was I, tom's, insinuating I that little guy pulled in any race we do together you will get me pulled don't worry yeah no yeah. it's okay. true i want to digress we digress um but the finishing celebration was nowhere near the Tour of California level from Tom Skunes, <laughs> yeah. and I was sorely disappointed. So I feel like to make up for that, it's white shorts 2021, yeah. buddy. That's your pen. It's white white shorts, shorts, Tour de France, need to make it happen. You can oh, do it, Tom. Please. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Needs to do it at least once. At least once well, for the pod. With the tour around the corner, I can't wait to uh, get into more tour talk. Um Unfortunately, prior to going to the prem lap, I do want to give a shout out um, and uh, I guess just thoughts and best wishes. It, it's so hard to talk on these types of uh, segues in, but what happened out at Arizona at the Arizona State Road Race Championships yes. when um, an attempted murder took place when an individual drove his truck across the yellow line and into the neutral rollout of the men's Masters 55 plus road race championship. I had talked to a friend of mine that was in the category four race prior to that. And he made it all the way through his 50 mile loop comes back and they had no clue that this even happened. So a lot of races were canceled on the back end of the wave when the 55 plus started a majority of the women's races, Mm -hmm. the driver, uh, tried to bail the scene. Um, and then eventually got, uh, in an uh, altercation and shot by the police as they tried to escape um, accountability from what I can gather. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, national news for all of our listeners over in the UK and other places in Europe. But uh, it's sad when bicycles make the national news and it's not bike and it is bike racing, but it's not, you know, who wins the road national championships like Lawrence Stevens. Instead, it uh, comes down to attempted murder on the road. So Everyone look after one another out there yeah. and uh, be as safe as possible. But there are a lot of maniacs. 
Yeah, very true. Yeah. And uh, with that, let's uh, get into our premium lap um, as we move forward on the Slow Ride Podcast. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to the Slow Ride All right, guys, here we are in the pre lap. Once again, wanted to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to see how you can become a member and supporter of the network. But special shout-outs to anyone that goes into the shop location and gets their very own Slow Ride Podcast t-shirt. That is a way to directly support the podcast. And we have three great artists that have put together some shirts. Sizes are running low. So some quantities are running low in certain sizes. You're going to want to jump on this before they are gone. So head over to wideanglepodium.com slash shop. Yeah. Um, while you're there, check out all the other great shows on the Wide Angle Podium Network. We are a, a you know, you guys know this, but we're a network of independent cycling media, quote unquote, podcast fans um, and you know, we're doing this from our basements, from our attics, from our closets, uh, trying to bring you guys entertainment and, uh, any, any amount of couple of bucks, $5 a month, whatever that you can ship off to, uh, your favorite shows on the network really does go a long way, whether that's us it should definitely be us and, um, <laughs> other shows on the network, like, uh, nowhere fast covering the e-racing phenomena that's going on criterium nation that started the crit beef. Uh, that has been sweeping the nation in the world. Uh, and, uh, of course, Bill doing his thing at Cyclocross Radio covering the mountain bike and, uh, and Cyclocross side of things. Um, so definitely check it out. Uh, if you haven't listened to any of those shows or unfamiliar, I'm guaranteeing you right now a superrookie.com guarantee that uh, you will find something else on the network that you enjoy. <laughs> oh, the Super Rookie guarantees always come through they almost did for crit nats took one for the team there when i thought quinn simmons was going to take the win but super rookie guarantee always comes through for everyone out there check it out by heading over to the wideanglepodium.com to become a member supporter of independent cycling media gentlemen let's get back to the show My name is Matthew Vanderpool and I don't listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are. We have a bunch of emails to go through. Naturally, I'm going to pick uh, my favorite one at the top of the list. Uh, this one comes from us from our friend in Denmark, Heinrich. Hi, why don't Tim get the amateur belt? Leave the real belt for the pros. Yeah, I agree. There should be an amateur hmm. belt. Um, this is in reference to... Uh, how I cursed an unnamed rider from winning um, uh-huh. national championships and various other races uh-huh. by predicting a victory uh, at Unbound. Uh, I, I think I'm making a pretty solid attempt to win the belt of my own. I think race. there's there's also there's layers to this because um, you know we got the Crit Beef National Championship amateur and professional levels. So why wouldn't there be a a championship belt, amateur and professional level. Um, Cause apparently that's how we do things over here. Mm-hmm. That's a very real point. Can someone please explain to me 
what makes a professional bike racer in the U.S.? Because when I watched Best Buddies racing the U.S. Crit Nationals, mm -hmm. they didn't have any matching bikes. There are a bunch of privateers that are on the same team, It's, which is good for them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, can we just get rid of the two titles between the amateur and the pro and just go to one race solves the problem, right? Like you yeah. go or you don't, you register, or you don't. <laughs> you either sit or, sit there late at night waiting to click that registration link to hopefully get into the race or you don't. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. Or, or only, the race is only open for pro license holders with the UCI that are on UCI registered teams or category ones. Mm -hmm. To me, it just seems yeah. ridiculous that we have a pro cat one and then a cat one only. It just, it doesn't make sense. Just get it done. Mm -hmm. Everyone would be happier and better off for it. It makes our bike racing better. And there's not this, it's kind of like when Freddie Rodriguez would win the U S pro national championships by getting eighth place every year at Philly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, well yeah. It was a little different, but yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> All right. Um, Thanks for entertaining my, uh, my complaint uh, there, Spencer. Um, Robert Glover hits us up playing the futures market. Can I get some advanced stock from Movistar to hold your world champions belt by the end of the Tour de France? <gasps> Having just completed Movistar season two on Netflix, yeah. I think that their total discombobulation non-existent <laughs> clarity of purpose and strategic confusion is irresistible for us fans and expecting a lots more this July. Uh, I would say Robert is in to something good. Of course, Robert oh, yeah. from the Faroe islands, uh, dozens of listeners in the Faroes. Um, Rob is the mayor of, of the Faroe islands. From it what I sounds checked. like but, <laughs> we, maybe us here at the podcast, we've been short selling on, uh, on movie star for a long time. And it sounds like the fan base is about to GameStop us. Um, they are, <laughs> they are thinking, uh, there's maybe magic in the water for them. And, uh, I don't know what we should do guys. I don't want to end up, uh, uh, like a hedge fund manager. Yeah. It, I don't, I don't think that they're, they're not gaslighting us because Movistar really is the future of professional cycling oh, um, in the world. With their coverage on Netflix, yeah, I just have you guys the, watched the discombobulation of Movistar is going to be nothing compared to what's going to happen to Ineos, which we'll cover in momentarily for That's the Tour true. de France. I've, I've watched the so. first two episodes of season two. Yeah, I have not it, started yet. I, I'm, I don't want to spoil it. it. Yeah, it is shocking that they can be so bad is it more shocking that they allowed the cameras to be there in the first place that to me is like the more exciting part right that they're just like that movie star has changed from such a fine tuned well-oiled machine to where it was just presented that this is the mission mm -hmm. to now just welcome to the world of our chaos and every english-based cycling media outlet can go haha this is why they're wrong even though the same thing is happening at yeah i mean i guess as right. a feeling is yeah it's probably happening at, at, at every team um to some yeah. extent so and, i mean you gotta imagine these these producers and stuff have have a window into kind of the the world the 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 inside baseball style world there at the world tour level and uh and they were like this team seems the most organized and the most like whatever, like likely, like we should follow them around. They seem like it'll be a good story. And, um, 
it doesn't it doesn't say a lot for uh, the other teams out there that are not Enios or Movie Star because yeah. I can't imagine what's going on in those what's teams. Kofidis like? Uh, what is Kofidis like? Oh, I mean, like they all show up in their FDJ. separate Peugeots to the, to yeah. the race, like driving themselves and oh all this. Oh my gosh, uh, it's pretty spectacular. I mean, the the thing that comes out of it for me in two episodes is they're a family. You f- you fight, you mm-hmm. yell at each other. Mm-hmm. You hug and make up, you get over it, and you mm-hmm. move on to the mistake you're going to make the next day. Yeah, same as any bike racing team, same as any family, same as any podcast from my yeah. experience. I wish this is is true. I wish this had been on when we were uh first bike racing and we would just screw up everything and I would think, "Man, I bet those like one twos know what they're doing." If this had been on then, I would have felt so much better about the times we just completely botched like a cat four crit. Oh, there's so many times. Yeah, so many times, and you'd think, oh, man, the, the pros know what they're doing, but they don't know what they're doing either. So it's it's kind of heartwarming. It really is. That, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I, I We didn't have a lot of insight into that world, um, and mm-hmm. that's I guess that's kind of what I mean, is like we've got this unprecedented insight into the world at le- that level, and it's still chaos, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of amazing. That's a- that's what's great. It 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 seems like it's like the little guy racing team bus uh-huh. from all those years ago. Um, from the heart, this email comes to us from Nicholas Wilmus in the Netherlands. Hello, fine gentlemen. Crits are yours. I asked a couple of friends who are racing here in Belgium years ago if they did a lots of crits. Seems that they did a few. In the Netherlands, it is more popular, but they mainly did kermesses. Mm-hmm. The latter, I did... No, as this is what everyone mainly races and organizes here. Technically, the kermesse is longer than a crit. Add to this that most cyclists expire to become road cyclists to even longer stages or one-day races, Mm -hmm. so it is sort of normal to get more focus on races with longer, more variable course. Mm -hmm. So rather than a a short crit, a longer, you know, kermesse, road race, circuit race, basically. Kermesse is is maybe the best style of bike racing ever invented. Yeah, agreed. And as a side tone here in Belgium, three left turns do not make one right turn, <laughs> as they have not blocked structure of American cities. Three left turns could equate to riding the Tour of Flanders. <laughs> I love it. It is it is yours. Like I said in the beginning, American hot rod, short and fast culture has embraced this style of racing and is fun to watch. I like the reports and videos. It does get chewed up and analyzed at two way deep of a level but it is great it makes for great publicity of cycling in general in the world so now that you have the have the attention i think it is up to the slow ride crew to keep the momentum going and set the format for years to come you mentioned in a recent podcast the preems the Mm -hmm. gamblers preems and alluded to others and i suspect most non-americans have no clue what system of preems really is and what the specific rules do apply but that would be the best preems or rules you would install in crit racing to take to the next level. Best regards, Nicholas. P.S. Okay. I should have sent this to Rob Kelly at Criterium Nation, yes. but couldn't find his contact info. <laughs> uh, we'll pass it on. We'll pass it on to him, Nicholas. But first, we're gonna overdo this. So the the basic question is from Nicholas: What is a preem lap? Yep. What type of preem laps are there? And third, what would we, the mm. heroes of professional cycling worldwide, uh-huh. The taste makers make as 
the preems that should happen. Yeah, what 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 could be? Um, so I think uh, uh, the the simple answer for a preem lap, right, is like a, um, it's like an intermediate sprint, right? It's a, r- a race within a race. It's like it's, it's like, like you have the intermediate sprints in the tour stage. Uh, it's the same idea, but within the criterium circuit, which is, you know, one K long, maybe two K long. Um, and so they ring a bell next time around, whoever wins, uh, across the line that time generally wins cash money, cash, Um, or, or you could win a, you know, night at the hotel. And there are different preems where there would be like a race leader preem. So if there's a breakaway, there could be a preem for the break. Or there could be a field preem where yeah, sometimes to, they do it. To a, encourage the chase. Where they encourage the chase. So it's a little, you know. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's the heavy, general idea, but, right? That's that's what for yeah. for all of the foreign listeners who aren't as familiar with American style criterium racing, that is a preem. And uh, generally, yeah, there's just kind of randomly throughout the throughout the race to spice things up to keep it interesting um sometimes yeah to to encourage the field to chase sometimes to reward the leaders for being in a breakaway um and sometimes like tim mentioned the gambler's preem which usually happens at a point in the race maybe one lap to go maybe two laps to go where if you go for this preem that is usually worth an exorbitant amount of cash money yeah you you could win that preem, but you will not then win the race. Like, yeah, it is. The, it makes you decide what is what is more important to you. It's a it's a classic. The gambler's preem is exciting because you know you could win ninety percent of the winner's prize, but not win the race. Right? You win right. with one lap to go. You come across the line with one lap to go. You just won nine hundred dollars, but then the race winner is going to get a thousand. So it kind of really picks up the speed because mm-hmm. a lot of times a team will want to do a lead out, and they'll win both the gamblers or whatnot. But you can move the gamblers preem or the big cash preem a couple of laps before the finish. Yeah, make can it a be little wherever. Exciting. So, so that's one. That's the gamblers preem is a, a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most popular one, and then there's random ones throughout the race, halfway through the race. Maybe they give one to the field to to speed it up. Another preem that our friends created would be the anonymous preem, the ninja preem as it's called, which would be just you come across the start-finish line and then randomly, unannounced, a um, the the official says you came across and you win a you win whatever the prize is like a ninja preem. So you just kind of come across that one's cool because it keeps the, the, the pace high. Cause everyone wants to be the first across the line because randomly they could be distributing prize money or other swag right. that tends to be used in, you know, a little bit more amateur based races. Right. So what, what is the next frontier for, for preems? Well, like, what can we do? Where can we improve on this system? Funny you should ask, Spencer, but you uh-huh. may remember in 2007, we did sponsor the cri- the campus criterium at the University of Minnesota as the members of the Little Guy Racing. I recall. Um, yeah. And we did create a preem system that was fantastic. It has not been used since. <laughs> For mm-hmm. maybe good reason, yeah. Maybe good reasons, but it was fantastic. And what it was, it was a snowball preem. It was basically yeah. whoever led 
like with 15 laps to go, if you were the first person across the line, I think you won 25 bucks. And then the next lap, it was 25 bucks. But every time across the finish line, there was a boatload of cash money going out that you could win I, way I, more than the yep. winner if you if you did 15 laps across the start finish line. Yeah. I think that is the frontier. Like you we just were, start giving out a hundred bucks to whoever crosses the line. I lap. forget that we did that. And I, I think it was, um, it could have been refined a little bit more, but I think we we're on to something, uh, because yeah, it, it, it encouraged not only like little sprints every lap at the yeah. end, but it also encouraged breakaways to try and go. Exactly. Um, but it was something, yeah, it was something like the last 10 or 15 laps. It was, it was a preem every single lap until the finish. And I think if you won all of those, it equaled the same amount of money as the finish. And, and it was one of those things that we probably could have done a better job of explaining. Cause I think only one team got it that like, Oh wait, every time I cross the finish line from lap 15 to lap two, I could win cash. Yeah. Um, it, you think people would start attacking every time coming after turn four. Basically. Yeah. Um, that was our hope. Yeah. It didn't really work the way that we wanted it to, but man, was it a great idea on paper? Um, so that would be one way. I think that if you're really going to do preem laps, I am a huge fan of the gambler's preem. And I like a gambler's preem that has way more money in it than the winner's purse. <laughs> and the reason why is that people win, people want to win the race for the clout, but right. the real hustlers want to win the preem lap so they can get to the next race the next day, right? Like they need, right. they need money to pay for the hotel that night. Yeah. They've, uh, otherwise they've they're staying the at a Walmart. They've booked the hotel, but they yeah. haven't paid for it yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why the, the gambler's preem is my favorite. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's the best way to really spice up bike racing. I would love to see this now, happen. I know in the tour, sometimes they do the, the types of preems on the side of the road in like small towns where it's like, Oh, you win a, your weight in beer. If yeah, you're the yeah, first yeah. one across the line. Yep. So how about this? Now we all have a background in track racing and, um, I know, you know, over there in, in, in Europe, they do a lot of track racing. So I think some of our listeners should be familiar with this, but the missing out race, the devil take mm -hmm. the hindmost, um, yes. is where you're, when you're last across the line, you get pulled yeah. right mm -hmm. until they yeah. whittle the field down. Could we do some sort of back marker preem? Like, in a crit or would that cause too much slamming of brakes and crashing in the field? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm a hundred percent into it. A lot of crashing. <laughs> I think still like, do they, fun. do they win money if they're the last one across the line? Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. This is, this is actually right up our alley. Uh, <laughs> uh, could be pretty so good. That, yeah. I mean, I think people are focusing, uh, I need to work this out a little more, but I think people are focusing too much on the front end of the race and not so much on the back end of the race. What about, uh, 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 second teammate, you know, like if you're the, if you're, that's complicated. Let's see if, if your teammate wins is first to cross the line, you get the money or something like that. Like, like a I don't know. Like Movistar's yeah, gonna within the team sound and clean this up. We're going to have yeah, a chance. So you got to keep an eye on the front of the race and you're like, ah, oh, Bob's <laughs> leading it out. This is great. I'm going to move up a spot in front of Larry here and, and sneak that primo away from him. My own teammate. <laughs> what about yeah. this? What about we do a crit one day and it seems pretty mm -hmm. normal, except only the first 48 riders in that crit get to ride the crit. Uh -huh. the next day. Uh -huh. I just I, throwing it out this, there. I don't know where I thought of it. 
That's a pretty I, good. Yeah, I, you're I, alluding to something here that I think we uh, need to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, so upcoming is our annual uh, little guy is talking about the 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 well-known race hell of the west. Right. Upcoming in, in in America for again to explain to our European fans uh, and and Australian and everywhere else, even Canadian. Upcoming in America, we have a a birthday of sorts um, for the country, and every year we like to celebrate this uh, on the Slow Ride Podcast. Um, and so, you know, we've got something special up our sleeves. That uh, big surprise well, for of, you guys. Not a surprise for our longtime listeners that know about our annual review. Um, but yes, on the 4th of July, we have a special episode once again of the world famous, um, Sunday stroll podcast. Absolutely stoked on this. And little guy, I think that you're actually onto something here where we should take criterium racing here in the U S and bring it to the future. The tour de France, every single stage should only allow, you know, the top 100 finishers to move on to the next stage, right? Like, like you better be racing to whittle down the race. Um, uh-huh. Maybe take like the top 95% of finishers. So if there's a hundred mm-hmm. racers, the top 95 move on to the next stage. Mm-hmm. I actually would be way more excited about bike racing. If there was a cutthroat mentality to devil takes the hindmost, you better be in the top 95% of the race finishers, every stage. What do you guys think? I think love it. Likes here? I love it. I, yeah. I think this would be, Tough. It would be easier to digest and understand as well for fans, especially even long-term fans like me, that I'm like, I don't totally understand the time cutoff from the leader and how it's calculated for a stage win. Like, you got to finish within 35 minutes or what, however many percents or whatever. It's just like, no, the top 95 are moving on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that I can see. That I can watch. Like, who's 94th? Okay, there's going to be a sprint for 95th. Let's see who gets it. Um, that's great. And, uh, yeah, it ties in well with that hell of the West style, um, uh, racing, yeah. which we talk about ad nauseum yes. in the Sunday stroll podcast dropping July 4th, where we once again, review the movie American flyers, which I don't want to spoil for you guys. If you haven't seen it, maybe, maybe everybody should go rent it. Seen, don't yeah. pay too much is all I'll say. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it's a classic. We're going to get, it's a classic. So we're going to get so much a- angry mail from domestiques. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, because yeah. of this idea. Yeah, that's very true. Cut. But they're like, oh, no, thanks. Um, I appreciate it, Tim. I didn't just lead the Peloton for the first hour. No, I'd love to sprint for 95th. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We got another. We, we got to spice it up. You know, like, uh, you know, all the yeah, things yeah. the Hammer series was doing right. How, <laughs> we need to inject that stuff into uh, bike racing. Nate Chenenko chimes in with problem with your podcast. I am writing as a longtime listener and wide angle podium supporter. Ooh, this is going to carry weight when it comes yep. from a wide angle podium supporter. We're going to take it serious. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I've had this grievance for some time and it's finally to the point where I have to address it. The bias in this podcast is got this bias in this podcast has gotten intolerable. Your slant doesn't align with mine. Rather than cancel you and tell you I'm going to stop listening, I'm going to clearly state the problems that happen and then offer some solutions. The problem. (laughs) There is not enough coverage of roller skiing and Nordic skiing on the podcast. In fact, the only roller ski coverage that has existed has been negative. This is offensive to me as a roller skier. The interim solution. The interim solution. 
you establish a Nordic corner and spend at least 10 minutes per week about Nordic ski-related topics. I am looking for fair and balanced coverage here. Mm -hmm. I will even volunteer my time to contribute to this corner. I think you should call it the slow roll corner. The ultimate solution. Nordic gets injected into every wide-angle podium podcast. This There is doping, which you could cover. It happens off-road, which Nordic radio could cover. The races are short with multiple <laughs> laps, which Nordic Nation could cover. Yeah, uh -huh, I know that's uh -huh. the name of an actual podcast. Sometimes, if there's enough snow, the gravel or rocks poke through the snow. Grodio, gravic, gravel Nordic radio, could cover this. It's a perfect fit. If you do not adopt Roundio? my solution... Yeah, yeah. If you do not adopt my solution, I will have no choice but to continue to listen to the podcast every week and continue to enjoy it, Nate. Okay. Mm. First off, Nordic skiing is amazing. Love every second of it. I pref I personally enjoy biathlon more, which I don't know how that's do. how that's received by mm. the Nordic world or if it's considered similar or if that's just the bastard stepchild because there's a gun on the back, but I love biathlon. I love cross country skiing and uh, Minnesota has their very own gold medalist. Yeah. I think um, Nate brings up a lot of good points here. A lot of strong, strong um, facts. You know, we do not cover roller skiing um, very much at all on this podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel like uh, with our background from Minnesota being a huge ski bum town, uh, having that reputation, you know, it just, it would kind of feel like bragging. Um, so we're probably going to have to leave that corner uh, a little dusty, uh, over there in that, in that corner of the podcast. Um, unfortunately for Nate, um, maybe ski jumping, we could probably get into ski jumping, but, um, Nordic, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. You bring up ski jumping actually. Is it? Oh, solid yeah. segue. Um, mostly because Tour de France is around the corner. So let's get into <laughs> Tour de France corner. Uh -huh. Little guy, if you were a betting man, mm -hmm. who would you bet on winning the Tour de France in 2021? Wow. Coming out the gate hot with the big question. Yeah, because I'm also on... Um, I'm on... Who do you got, little guy? Who's going to win? Uh... Oof. I'm, gonna go with Carapaz. I'm getting off this elevator. This is good radio, Car yeah. Carapaz? Uh, wow. Uh, interesting you would pick Carapaz. Uh, the real answer I was looking for was uh, Pogacar. Um, yeah. Clearly going to be the winner. Um, I don't know, man. Roglic is going to be looking pretty good for the uh, second place finish. You know, he's going to just jump just a little bit shy mm -hmm. of taking the win. And then the Ineos explosion of Garrett Thomas, Richard Carapaz, Richie Port. And um, Tao Gagenhart are going to be uh, looking pretty far. Did I miss? Is Bernal also in this? I don't know. No. But um, you forgot to hack me, Hedgehog. Come on, Tim. I'm trying to do a branding here thing yeah. for Tao Gagenhart. You could help me out. Thank you. Okay. So, <laughs> little guy, who's the leader for Enios? And do, do they have a chance of beating Pogacar? I mean, I I think Carapaz should be their leader. I am. Uh, I don't know if Pogacar's got it. I don't know. His results lately have been a little less than amazing. And how are his results last year when he clearly won the Tour de France? He was he was a little hotter in the Dauphine than he was recently at Slovenia and at the national championships. Uh -huh. So I uh -huh. I don't know. I he's got a stronger team around him this year, but I feel like that might uh, be to his detriment. 
Yeah. Well, Tim, I know you're dying to ask me who I think is going to win the Tour de France, and I've got an answer for you. It's Simon Yates. No. No. It couldn't be further from the truth. Um, I think, I think uh, you know, Dekinic Quick Step is Aww. usually very good at <laughs> keeping the cards close to their chest, right? But they made a huge blunder in the past week by announcing they were not bringing Mark Cavendish, their number one sprinter, to this race. Um, and that, to me, signals they're not working for the sprints at all, and they are working all in for future Tour de France winner Julian Alaphilippe, who will benefit benefit from the Super Rookie curse uh, because Super Rookie does not like him, so he will rise to new heights in 2021. I would like to make wow, that's, uh, a, that's a ballsy prediction. I like. It. I would like to make a, uh, an objection here that I have been interesting. On, that Alaphilippe is riding for GC train for like uh-huh. months here, and every time I bring uh-huh. it up, Spencer is uh-huh. telling me that I'm completely crazy. He's not even riding for GC. Yeah. Now here we are, yeah. moments before yeah. the tour starts, and I'm getting a tour yeah. prediction for Julian Alaphilippe out of you, Spencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I so just want the the, le- way- the record to show that I have been. Pushing the Alaphilippe theory. Yeah, but did you put your money on the table on RollerDerby.com? He's not going to win. I just think he's going to go for GC. I mean, you know, that's win- winning is crazy. I just, I just want. <laughs> no, no, they left Cavendish off. They're clear number one sprinter. Um, there is no way that they yeah. are. Uh, they brought a mountain going for sprint stages. Yeah, they brought a mountain domestique named Sam Bennett to help out Julian yep. Alaphilippe. <laughs> Let's see. Yep. Um, Here's but the I'll, New Zealand I'll national poke, champion. Yeah, I'll poke a hole in my own theory. Let's see. Sprint lead out rider, lead out rider, sprinter, uh, worker, sprinter, sprinter, Julian Alaphilippe. What a team they built around Julian Alaphilippe. <laughs> so let's get to the real question that all of our listeners want to know. Gentlemen, mm-hmm. will Alejandro Valverde make top five at the 2021 Tour de France? Little guy, do you, do you want to break his heart or should I? Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's the third option on Movie Star, Tim. You think I'm he'll be sorry. top ten? Look, I li- yeah, I was just gonna reframe this. You yeah. think he'll get top ten, little guy? Because I don't. No, I think he'll be like twelfth, and I think twelfth like, is exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, and and the the, the unfortunate thing will be that uh, Lopez will be like sixth, and Moss will be eighth. And it will yep. be like, wow, good job, movie star. But yep. then the best part is be next year, we'll find out why. Oh, yeah. It's going to be very exciting. <laughs> I can't wait for Netflix uh, next year. Actually, that's the only reason I continue on my subscription. So I have a question for you guys. Uh, I'm looking at this Ineos roster for the tour, and I'm wondering, there's only, there's only eight guys on the team, right? Um, but how many of those eight will be in the top ten at the end of the race. Yeah. So this is, is very this is actually, I was thinking about this. I, the whole time I'm sitting here, I'm going, all right, Kiwakowski, not that bad. Right. But I, I'm suddenly like feeling really bad for some, cause you've got Carapaz, Gagenhart, Port, Garrett Thomas, Thomas or the ha- all, and then, uh, those yeah. are all top 10. And then you've, and then you've got Luke Rowe. Yeah. Not, <laughs> Not top and then 10. Dylan Van Barl. Mm-hmm. You're like, Probably oh, could good. Then, ride top 10 if he wanted to. But then Jonathan Castroviejo definitely could be top 10 if he needs to. Yeah, they could probably turn him into a GC guy if they needed to. But he's there to work. He's there to work. Yeah. yeah. 
So of these eight, the uh, question, Spencer, is how many of them are what? In the top 20? No, top, top 10. 10. Top 10? Uh, four. They're all, they're all, let's, let's just be clear. They're all going to be in the top 20. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably that's three. Uh, <laughs> I think four and, and Kwiatowski's in 13th. Four. Okay. All right. But Kwiatowski's like right there with Valverde, you know? Tim, over or under on the four? I will say under. Um, under? Just, yeah, I think it's going to probably be three. And the reason why is you just, if, if you do the math the other way, so uh-huh. Moss, Moss and Lopez will definitely be in the top 10. Uh-huh. And then Roglic and Gessink will probably be in the top Guessing? 10. Come on. <laughs> okay, maybe Kreiswick. Maybe Kreiswick. Kreiswick. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And then I, I figure that uh, uh, one of those, um, what was it, Buchmann of Bora will be yeah. in the top 10. And then you got some French guys. So you got Alaphilippe, maybe. Um, He's you've French. got uh, Guillermo Martin, maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 that's like yeah. seven. And then Rigoberto Aran is looking fantastic. Also a top 10 candidate for EF. He's looking good. Um, you know, and let's not forget Mikey Woods and little known rider Chris Froome um, in the yes. top 10. Yep, sure. Whatever. Interesting. Yeah, I think you're and stretching then, at this point. And then, oh, did I mention Nairo Quintana? Also top 10? You haven't mentioned him in a couple years. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I honestly, I so, think that, I think three is what we're looking for. Because I just... Interesting. Gave you seven candidates, and I didn't I'm, even get to Nibali or Tom Schoons. I'm uh, looking at this list, and I don't see any any way in which there are less than six Ineos riders Dude, in the top <laughs> ten. Are you trying to tell me Malima is not going to be a top ten at the tour? Yes. Uh, not with this. Not right with now. this team that Ineos is fielding. Um, I think they're going to team time trial everyone off their wheels, including okay. the okay. timeless Valverde. Okay, let's go over under. I will throw the number two out there. Mm-hmm. And the question is, how many stages will Michael Matthews win at the Tour de France? Over or under on two? Under. <sighs> can I call even on that? You can call push. You can call, yeah, you can call yeah, push. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah, I think two is a good number. His kryptonite named Peter Sagan's in the race. He's not beating Sagan. Any, any no, race that Matthews can win, Sagan can win better. All right, I'm, I, little guy's convinced. I'm under. I'm under. All right. How many stages will Movistar win? One or zero? I'll win one. I'll go one. I'll uh, get at least one. They are, they're okay. always good for at least one. How many, um, let's, let's keep this going. Uh, gentlemen, predict how many uh, continental stage wins will there be? So for Team uh, Total Energy, uh, B&B Hotels... And is it Wanty? Who's the other? Uh, no, Arkea and Alpeson. Arkea and Alpeson. Thank you. Okay, so Vanderpool wins four. <laughs> Mer- Merlier wins two. Merlier wins <laughs> two, so we're at six. And then, uh, and then Barguil wins a stage in the mountains. That's seven. Wow. Yeah. I. Uh... You think Barguil is the leader over Nairo for Arkea? Arkea? Yeah, well, I think he's more likely to win a stage. I mean, Nairo's the leader, and I'm using air quotes as he rides around to 11th place overall. But Bagheera will get in a break and possibly yeah. win a stage. So, what 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 are the odds that Nasir Buhani um, doesn't zero. get relegated in, in zero. a race? Absolutely zero. zero. He will be relegated zero. on the first so, stage. 
I see I see a, a, a Vanderpool with a, a win or two. Merlier might squeak one out. I think Pierre Roland might have something up his sleeve on one of these okay. mountainy uh, right. breakaway stages. Um, but that's all I'm going to give uh, to the to the the small team. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with three. I think actually. Okay. All right. The, uh, could the thing be about, four, but I'm gonna go safe for three. The thing that I think we forget about Alpeson is one Vanderpool and then Merlier. Obviously, like those two guys can win anything, but they've got Jasper Philipson on that team who who's won a bunch of fast sprints in his life, mm-hmm. won a lot this year. Um, those three guys, like on any day, Vanderpool or or Philipson could be doing a lead out for Merlier, and those two could win anyway. Like that's. It's super, super solid team just for being what was like picking up bargains off the floor like two years ago. So some of our favorite pastime is to go to rollerderby.com, R-O-U-L-E-U-R, derby.com, and to put some points on some great um, propositions that are out there. Classics, including, you know, will there be a livestock or dog-related crash at the Tour de France? Mm-hmm. Um one of the ones I do not see, which I think could be a really good uh, proposition, will be, will Chris Froome finish the 2021 Tour de France? Oof, oof, oof. Ouch. Painful to even have to go there. Yes. Very true. Uh, no. yeah, I think I would, I would put my points on, yeah, I think he'll finish. I don't think it'll be pretty, but he probably will. Yeah, I think he's The man's gonna. got pride. And he's got a lot of pride. I, I got to say, it's been painful, but you got to tip your cap to Tim. He's taking his licks. and 100%. Yeah. He's man, got $5 million uh, coming on this one, so he <laughs> <laughs> he, he better finish. Um, gentlemen, I am absolutely stoked for the Tour de France to be right around the corner. It's one of our favorite things um, in so the world. Excited. But uh, here we are. I look forward to talking to you more about it as we continue on. But with that... I'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how you can become a member and supporter of the network. We'd also encourage you to check out our store to get your very own Slow Ride Podcast t-shirt. Sizes are dwindling. And with that, we'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymed Sayers Entertainment for the intro and outro music. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, but we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, 
and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Grodio Podcast.